It's always very beautiful to see the church this full on a Sunday evening. As a priest, I'd like to think that many of us gather here today to maybe give thanks to God for a certain victory that took place last night. Maybe some of you are here to make atonement for the things you did or said as you watched that victory play out last night. You laugh because you know it's true. But regardless, praise God, and we're happy that you're here. And you know, as we listen to the different readings at Mass this Sunday, it's very uncommon for all three of the readings at Sunday Mass to have one solid common theme. Most of the time, the first reading and the Gospel are very closely connected. A lot of times, the second reading is just some random reading from Paul's writings that we just kind of throw in there. But today, there is one consistent theme through all of them. Maccabees, second reading, going to the Gospel... And that theme is courage, or fortitude, you might have heard it put. But what is courage? What is fortitude? It's not simply being brave. Take courage, have courage, be encouraged. All these different things that we say, and yet another one of those things that we tend to water down and make into something that it truly, really isn't. So if you go to the catechism, what the church says courage is, is that it's a certain firmness and difficulties. It's a pursuit constantly for the good. It's pursuing what's best for us. It's being steadfast and standing firm in difficulties and suffering. It conquers fear, even the fear of death, the Catechism says. And that says a lot. To say that courage conquers fear, not just gets you through the fear, not just helps face the fear, but it conquers, it overcomes and demolishes fear, even specifically the fear of death, courage, fortitude. You see that very clearly in the first reading. Look at these seven sons and their mother in Second Maccabees who are going literally to their death. Why? Because they refuse to eat pork and forsake the commandments of God. They are martyrs. Yes, Jewish martyrs. No, they're not Christian. Jesus hasn't arrived just yet at this point. But you see what's going on, and it's very grotesque. I mean, Truth be told, we've probably seen enough horror movies to see that when one of these sons willingly sticks out his tongue and gives his hands over to his accusers, we know what's going to happen. It ain't going to be pretty. But he does it without fear of suffering, with courage. That first son, he says, what do you expect to achieve by questioning us and tempting us and putting us to death? What do you hope is going to happen? And little by little, I could imagine the king who's persecuting them and all his servants who are putting them to death really getting more and more angry, but the writer actually says that they get more and more astonished that even they are overwhelmed by this confusion. What truth do they claim to know that's given them this courage to face their own death? It's not in the reading, but if you keep reading through this passage, just a couple paragraphs later, the seventh son, who's about to go to his death after watching his, seven, his six older brothers be killed, he turns to his mother and she encourages him. Not, I've already lost six of my sons, just let's recant and we'll go home peacefully and then live a little bit longer. Ultimately, she says, son, I didn't raise a quitter. Be encouraged. Know that God is going to raise you up again. We know the God that we serve. Go to the gospel, that very last passage, that last verse. What does Jesus say? God is not the God of the dead. He's not some sleeping God. He is the God of the living. He's alive and he's active. 
And because he's alive and active in each of our lives, he wants to raise us up again. These seven sons and their mother, these eight people went to their death, being maltreated and tortured, the the reading says. Did so with courage because they didn't fear death. When you look at that, then we understand what the catechism means when we're taught that courage overcomes fear, even the fear of death. They knew that God would raise them to life again. Why? Because death is not of God. Death does not come from God. He created Adam and Eve to be perfect. They chose to sin. They chose to die. Have anything you want in this garden, but don't eat of that fruit, for surely you'll die if you do. Okay, I'm going to eat the fruit. Death is not of God. And yet, still, because we have a God who is alive, among us acting and calls us to greatness. Not even death has the final say. Memento mori is something you may hear uh, commonly around this time of the year leading up to Halloween, but especially the church uses that term memento mori, that little Latin phrase that means remember you're going to die. Remember your death. During this month of November, we're coming to the last part of the church's year, to realize that we are mortals. Yes, we sin. Yes, death is imminent. Yes, there's something to be feared in a certain sense, but a good healthy fear to bring us back to the Lord. And that's all conquered on the last Sunday of the church's year. Christ the King, our patronal feast day, realizing that Jesus Christ is alive and conquers the death. Yes, memento mori, remember that you're going to die, but do it with courage. Do it with fortitude. Courage is not simply bravery. It's part of courage, maybe. But courage is a virtue. Bravery isn't always. I mean, think about it. Lots of things that are good call us to be brave. LSU bravely battling against a really good team in Tiger Stadium. Being brave when an exam threatens to probably demolish your GPA. That's bravery. But courage is a little bit more. Courage is seeing through a certain threat. A certain threat to suffering or really even a threat to death even. Seeing through that into the good that lies beyond it. Life. Eternal life. Joy. Things that this life could never even hope to offer us. Yes, the suffering is scary. If I were in the position of the seven sons or their mother in the first reading, I don't know how courageous I would really be. That's a grace from God alone. But suffering is imminent. It's caused by sin. And even the suffering Jesus redeems, even our pain, discomfort, physical, sure, but even emotional, mental, spiritual suffering, Christ has already redeemed. And we have a part to play in that. We get to play out that redemption in our very lives. Suffering is not meaningless, not anymore. Not on this side of Jesus Christ. It has and it will continue to lead to our redemption so long as we courageously face that suffering. Again, not just bravely, but seeing through the suffering into the life that awaits us through Christ. Do not be afraid of that. So what's that suffering going to tempt us to do? Listen to the voice of the enemy who tells us this is all pointless. 
This is stupid, and you should just give it up. He utters that same phrase to us that we hear in the first reading. What do you hope to achieve here? What do you hope to get when you walk through the doors of Christ the King? Do you really believe that God, if he exists, does become present on the altar in mere bread and wine? Do you really believe that some random words from the Old Testament thousands of years ago really ring true to you today? Do you really believe that you can live eternally? Just give it up. It's a waste of your time. Go home and be happy. Dare I say, face courageously the enemy when he asks you that question and ask him the same thing. What do you hope to accomplish by questioning me? You've already been conquered and you're going to continue to be conquered. Christ is already king. You've met your demise. What do you hope to conquer? What do you hope to overcome? What do you hope to achieve? Be gone. Get out. You're not welcome here. That is the first step of courage. The enemy hopes to convince you that you're meaningless, that your suffering is meaningless, that there is no hope, and that the very fact that you are here tonight, hear me clearly, this is meaning itself. Our God, our life surrounded by him, given meaning by him, saved by him and raised up again by him. You being here shows that you're courageous in some sense of the word. Let it grow. Be encouraged, not discouraged. I feel like I tell people every time we hear confessions, Father, it's been so and so since the last time I confessed this, but I feel like it's the same thing over and over again. That's discouraging to us human beings. But every time we face our own sin with courage, knowing that God and his freedom and redemption is on the other side, we should be encouraged. We should take heart in that, knowing that the sin doesn't define you. The enemy wants you to believe that, but it's a lie. Take courage and take heart in that. There is no shame in the face of God. Truth and humility, sure, but only so that he can raise you up to greatness. Be courageous. Yes, death can be scary. Suffering can be terrifying. Nobody wants to suffer. But when we see it with true courage, we have the God of the living on our side. We have the God of life on the other side waiting for us to redeem us, to unite our suffering with his on the cross, but to give him the freedom to unite his suffering with ours as well, to give it meaning and redemption and freedom. Take heart in that. Have courage as the people of God. As St. Paul says in the second reading, we are sons and daughters of his. He gives us that courage and that strength to face the evil one. We conquer him when we conquer with Christ. You are his, you are beloved, and he gives you what you need to be courageous, not just brave, not just big and buff in the face of temptation, but to see through the farce of suffering, through the threat of death even, into life and fulfillment on the other side. Have courage then, and remember that yes, though you will die, death does not now, nor will it ever have the final say, at least not for those who face it and see the God of life on the other side. Take heart. Have courage. Be courageous. 
Because on the other side of your suffering, it's only life that awaits. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly financial support reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at ctklsu.org.